Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. Something interesting happened to me today. I was reading my Facebook uh, wall, and one of my friends posted that she had looked for her remote for her TV for 30 minutes, only to discover that it was in her hand. (laughs) And I had to share the time I was looking for my car keys for 30 minutes, angry that I was late, angry that I couldn't find them, angry that I misplaced them, only to come to the realization that they were, too, in my hand. And while on the surface it feels like a defect in our memory or a defect in our awareness, it actually speaks to a very powerful aspect of our mind. You see, in psychology, we refer to this phenomena as a scotoma or a blind spot. The definition is more aptly used in biology or from the physical aspect of physical vision that we have certain blind spots in our visual field. But it also speaks to the psychological phenomena that once we believe that we cannot see something, we don't see it. In hypnosis, we refer to this as a negative hallucination. And again, it speaks to a very powerful aspect of our mind. Have you ever been sent into the kitchen or somewhere else to retrieve something? And in your mind, it looks a particular way, or you think about it being in a particular spot. And the moment you don't see it, in that spot or in the form that you can visualize in your mind, suddenly you can't see it. Frustrated, you call out exclaiming, I can't find it. I don't see it. They call back to you and say, it's right there, right there on the counter. Say, I don't see it. It's not here. Only to have them come into the room, walk right up to you, reach out and grab the item. And they naturally say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. And you stand there completely dumbfounded. Why didn't I see it? See, when there was a mismatch between your internal representation and or your expectation and what actually occurred, you formed a belief. And once you believe that you can't see it, that it's not where you thought it was, it's almost as if your brain complies, and we call that the confirmation bias, it actually confirms your sense of reality, confirms your belief. And the harder you try to see it, the easier it is to not see it. From another perspective, this could be considered a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe it will happen, if you expect to see it, more than often than not, you will see it. A lot of times people say, I'll just fail anyways, or it will never work. And it turns out not working. And of course, they were right all along. And this speaks to Henry Ford's quote, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Either way, you are right. You see, in order for us to be aware of something, in order for us to perceive something, we have to have a reference for it in our mind. Sometimes we see something and it just looks weird and we don't know why it looks weird. We don't understand it. This speaks to the experience of the indigenous that were living in the Bahamas when Columbus set foot on the Americas. He actually was off the coast of the Bahamas. And the shaman reported that he saw something strange in the water. The water was moving oddly. But he could not see the ships because he had no reference for it. He stared at the water for three days before he actually began to form the image of the ships in the water. 
this phenomena of not noticing things that aren't on our radar, aren't in our awareness, is referred to as the reticular activating system. Now, I've talked about it before as your internal GPS. Once you begin programming your mind to look for certain stimuli, look for certain items in your experience, then you start to see it all the time because your brain starts sorting of all the different stimuli and starts identifying those aspects that match your criteria, your inner criteria. Let me say it a different way. If I walk out to my car and I notice that it needs a new front tire, now, I haven't been thinking about tires, but once I notice that it's wearing unevenly, I've planted the idea in my mind that I am going to need tires at some point. And then, almost immediately on my way home, I notice that just around the corner there's a discount tire. Now, I've probably driven by that hundreds of times, but never really took notice, wasn't really aware that there was a discount tire there. I really hadn't needed tires until I noticed that, and so it just wasn't in my awareness that there was a tire store right around the corner. Lucky me, because I'm going to need tires. And then just down the street is a Goodrich tire store and a Northwest tire store right around the corner. Suddenly, I have an abundance of tire stores that I wasn't really aware of their presence before I needed tires. You see, this process of the reticular activating system is actually a neural network, a physical neural network in our brain that identifies those things that are important to us and extracts or ignores those things that are not important to us. Now, that's a functional ecology of our mind because there are so many stimuli, so many possibilities of things for us to, to pay attention to that it would be overwhelming if we did pay attention to every aspect of our environment. You have probably also experienced this phenomena of the keys in my hand or the walking around with the remote and not being able to see it, even though it was right there, right there in your presence. We do this when we fall in love. When we begin identifying of all the things that we love and appreciate about another person, that's all we can see. And we'd actually develop a blind spot to the things that could be potentially irritating or disrupt our idea that this is our match, that this person is the one that we want to love. And so we either downplay those potentially irritating attributes in another person, and everyone has them, or we totally ignore them altogether. We sometimes ignore the warning signs or the red flags because it would disrupt our experience of this other person. This forgetting or this not seeing all this there is a form of hypnosis, or as I said, a negative hallucination. We just don't see it. Other people may see it, but we don't see it at all. Now, this can work for us, and it can also work against us. You've probably heard the phrase, I'll believe it when I see it. That comes from a skeptical mind, someone that really wants to see the physical evidence before they'll put any faith in it. But that's not what faith is. Faith is the knowing. Faith is the belief, the hope that it is true with the idea that we'll see it when we believe it. This not only works from the physical aspect of our reticular activating system, once we put it on our radar, once we make it a criteria, once we invest our mind into looking for it in our environment, then we start to see evidence of it. That stuff was always there, but now that we consider it important, it's coming up again, again in our awareness. 
This is the same issue that people have with, not the same issue, but the same phenomena that people have seeing triple numbers, 333 and 555 and 111. Once it's on your radar, once your mind begins attenuating to it, then you start to see it again and again. And what that's saying is that when you see it, it's a function of your ability to perceive the unseen. When you notice it, even though it shows up twice a day on the clock, but when you see it on license plates or on signs or in other areas, it just says that your brain is attenuating to the symbols and signals from the universe. And your awareness of it is an indicator of you being in alignment. That speaks to this phenomena on the physical level. But I also want to address the metaphysical level in the etheric realms or the fifth dimension. So we can see things in our mind's eye and actually draw them to us. I talked about it earlier. Einstein called this spooky action at a distance. It's also entrainment. If the universe is all energy, then energy or our awareness of energy is everything. A thought, a visualization is energy, and we begin magnetizing the thing that we want and drawing it to us. And that could be a relationship, it could be an experience, it could be the answer to a question. And it typically comes to us in the amount of time we, other than consciously, expect it to take. If we think things can come instantaneously, manifest instantaneously, and if we believe it wholeheartedly, it will show up. But if we have the belief that it's going to take some time, it's going to be hard to achieve, hard to get, then that's the experience we create. And so, my friend, I'm going to ask you, the question I want to leave you with is what circumstances, what limitations are you calling into being and which opportunities are you not seeing simply because you believe that they're there or they're not there? How can you begin telling the story differently in order to attract the desires that you want? Attract the desires that are already yours and on their way to you. It's just that you have a lag time in your mind, an idea of how long it's going to take or in the manner that it's going to be. This is why we want to give up the how. We don't want to know how. We don't need to know how. We just create our intention. We act as if it's coming to us or it's already part of our experience. And then the universe supplies the how. When we don't get in the way with some idea, some story of how it's going to be delivered to us, then we open up to all possibility. We open up to all different channels of delivery. Now, I'm not sure if this is exactly related or it speaks more to how entrained my, I am with my wife, but I was sitting here in my office thinking, you know what, pizza sounds really good. And I'm not one to really seek out pizza like I used to when I was younger, but for some reason it was sounding really good. Well, my wife just texted me from downstairs and said, let's get a pizza. So did she read my mind or was I reading her mind? In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because we both get what we want. Now, I was going to sign off, but this thought came to me that I want to leave you with about the salt, you know, going into the kitchen and not seeing the salt or walking around with my keys or, you know, having the remote in your hand and not seeing it. See, when we have this belief, when the thought we're having, a story in our head is getting in the way of the fulfillment of what we want, we can sidestep that belief. When I think of a sidestepping 
that limiting belief I see as a wall. And it, it's in the way, it's a barrier for us to a filling on. Sometimes I have to explain the pictures that are occurring in my head. So this limiting belief as a wall, in, in order to operate or get around it, I sidestep it like you're just going to look around the corner and ask the question, if I did know where the salt would be, where is it? If I did know where my keys were, where would I find them? What we're doing is engaging our imagination. Of course, I don't know. But if I did know, how might it show up? And you can ask this question. If I could attract $1,000 within the next week, how might it happen? If I was to muse about it, there's probably a half a dozen ways it could happen. I don't believe it will happen. But if it could, how might it happen? And so instead of living with my limiting belief, I'm engaging in different possibilities. I could find it on a thousand. Someone could send me a thousand dollars. I could sell an offering. And if you're talking about me, I, someone could sign up for a coaching program or I could get three people to join this or it could come in a number of different ways. So if I begin thinking about musing about all the different ways it could come to me, not in the way I believe it would be coming to me, but there, it could come to me in all these different ways. I open up opportunity for the universe to deliver. I sidestep that belief. I, I look around that wall in my mind and entertain. If I did know, how might I do it? If it didn't matter to me how it came, how might it come? See, we entertain possibility. And so that's it for now. I just want to leave you with a bunch of questions. Talk about this phenomena that I think just about everyone has had some type of an experience like this. So you have a ready reference in your mind, ready reference in your experience. Now, this is a little addendum to the podcast. Yesterday is when I recorded the bulk of that episode and we did go out and get pizza. Now, this is how the law of attraction works. I've been in the conversation of attracting. I've been in the conversation of law of attraction, of belief and suspending belief and thinking about possibility. And so just before I go out to get the pizza, my wife said to me, she had an unexpected deposit in her bank account, a few hundred dollars. Hurrah. I thought that was wonderful. But then I left to get the pizza. I actually stopped at the store and got a couple adult beverages. And then I went to the pizza place, which is about five minutes away. I paid for the pizza and I sat because it wasn't quite ready and she said it was coming out of the oven any minute. Well, within just a couple minutes, she came around the corner and said, here's your pizza. I took it and drove home. Well, once I arrived home with the pizza, my wife said to me, they called and said they gave you the wrong pizza. I opened it up and sure enough, it was something different than we had ordered. I asked my wife, do they want us to take it back? She said, no, they just want to make sure that we get the pizza that we ordered and so if you want to just go back and get it, they'll give it to you. What about this pizza? They said, keep it. And so I went and got our pizza, came back. We got two pizzas for the price of one. That is abundance. And so guess what I'm having for lunch today? That is exactly how law of attraction works. You don't always know exactly when it comes. Oh, get this. I talked about, you know, creating $1,000 over the next week. How many different ways could it come? And I mentioned that I could have a client call and say, I'd like to do coaching. Well, this morning, a client said, I want to sign up for coaching. Sign me up. I'm ready to take the next step to go to the next level. And then I got another email 
that said they've been listening to the podcast for a while now. They admire me as a teacher, and they want to talk to me about how they can take their journey to the next level. This is exactly how law of attraction works. You speak out into the universe. You speak what you want into existence, and you get curious I wonder how it's going to show up. There was no attachment to any expectation. I was just throwing it out there for the universe to pick up and deliver. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Denovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 